Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight, it is uh, Mr. What well, formerly, I guess, uh, bet the USL now. Uh, you have to give me the, the new name because I it's not committed to memory memory quite yet. It's okay, it's, it's okay. Uh, it's I, Tim I Lawson. It's, it's Tim Lawson. Uh, at soccer is better. B e t t o r. Everybody knows I love a good better pun. That's all. You, uh, that's your. These. That's your whole brand. Better puns. It's all my whole brand. I mean, so it's 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 kind of it's nice because there's a lot of ways to use it, right? We, the the English language has a lot of idioms with uh, with the word better in it, uh, but it's not. It's it's difficult because there's no way to protect this, right? The word "better" is used everywhere in this in my industry, right? So um, it's 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 a give and take. But I decided to make the change because if anybody who follows me, I I do NWSL and MLS too, uh, and so uh, as much as the USL is my one true love, it's my it is my focus. But uh, I decided to broaden with the the new name. Soccer is better. It's great to be here, Dan. Great to be here. No, thank you for uh, for agreeing to do it. Uh, I thought after after we. We dragged you out here a couple times last year. You would you would start to say no, but you haven't learned that lesson <laughs> no way, quite man. yet. Um, no way. I mean, I I have plenty of people to talk to about a lot of the things in my life, betting on the USL or just the USL in general. I, I, I'm a I'm a fan uh, as well. I don't have a lot of people to talk to, so always happy to. And you're look, you're you're the only podcast that comes calling. Right. <laughs> I remember the first time I was listening to to the Better Life, and out of nowhere, you dropped the Charleston Battery ref battery reference and i'm like holy shit this guy's looking at usl stuff and i was like oh yeah oh i think we, we can, i remember we can i actually remember work. that i i remember saying that i liked charleston uh and in, in some game yeah yeah and i was like my eyes yeah. opened up uh i had one question in mind but I'll, I'll throw out a separate question now because you brought up the nwsl when we talked a year ago I think this was not while we were recording but i asked you do you touch nwsl and you give a flat no so clearly, that's changed in the year. So, um, yeah. So, it was a flat no in that. So, it, 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 at the time in which you asked, it was it was nowhere near the sort of focus and energy that I gave um, the the USL. But since then, I mean, probably like months after you asked me that, I was uh, about seventy percent into the in the NWSL. Uh, as I as I was before, it was just difficult to get uh, data. Like you know, you know, I need I need some metrics to work off of, and I re- you know I found a couple sites that had reliable data, and uh, and I loved NWSL, right? I mean, I wasn't I wasn't betting it at the time that you asked me. I mean, I was into it, I just wasn't betting it as much. Um, and there was you know, I first got into NWSL in like 2014, I want to say, and I started following the Washington Spirit. Uh, my, uh, you know, my, my, my local side and, you know, a couple of years ago, there was, there was sort of this evolution in players and I just didn't feel like I was as familiar with the, the league as I was. And so, uh, anyways, all that to say, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm betting and following the NWSL as closely now as I was, uh, six years ago or yeah, 2014 was almost 10 years ago. I just said six years ago, yeah. <laughs> it was almost 10 years ago. How's that possible? Time, time's a bastard. Yeah. So let's lead off with this. Uh, we talked a year. We talked well for the first time a year ago, and we had a, a couple follow-ups as the season progressed. Uh, in that past year, what what would be now your your, your state of the USL slash lower league betting here in the good old US of A? I'm sorry. Repeat that question. I apologize. Oh, it's quite all right. What would you say is the state of USL slash lower league betting here in, in the U.S. as we stand here in, in early 2023? So it's it's in a good place because every book offers lines on this now. Or even like even if, if even if you got a local that has a paper head account, and I'm not going to get into all that, but like like so many books offer. Not only USL Championship, but even USL League One lines. You, I can't find League Two at, uh, lines at a lot, uh, many books, but League One, especially USL Championship, uh, they're available. Many, uh, a handful of books will will post USL will post future odds, right? Who's going to win the West? Who's going to win the East? Who's going to win the whole thing? Uh, so far this year, we've only seen Caesars post, but uh, you know, last year at any point during the during the season, 
Uh, Twin Spires posted, Barstool, Bet Rivers, we saw a handful, Caesars, we saw a handful uh, of, of books post features odds. The the books are 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 posting, they're, they're sharpening their lines a little, little more quickly. Um, and, and oddly, I noticed last year, after I did my year-end, my season-end review, I was up like 25 units on bets that I made with my partner, my betting partner, like uh, plays that I gave him. I bet more than that, some of them, yeah, I bet more plays than that. But ones that I officially gave my, my partner who bets professionally, I was up about 25 units, and I gave about half of that back just in the second half. So it was clear that the books were getting sharper with their lines around midseason, and that and that you don't you don't have to pay attention a whole bunch. You just sort of have to be following the league as you would any any other league that you like watching to be to know what a what a decent line is in the first you know third half of the season. And I expect that to continue because when you look at the futures odds that posted, it's clear that the sports books simply looked at last year's standings and made odds based off of how teams performed last year. Right? One in the two examples that I gave that I you know I've, I've, uh, that I gave before we hit record was Indy Eleven was at fifty to one and Monterey Bay was at sixty to one. These were super long odds for two teams. Um, you know, Indy Eleven had probably. Uh, maybe second or third best offseason, depending on who you ask. If you know, depending if you think, uh, uh, you know, Damis coming to San Diego, you know how much uh, how much that play, you know that gives San Diego the the A plus rating. But um, you know, they had a great offseason. They looked competent last year. Just couldn't really quite. I, I, I it was those are super long odds for who I think is gonna be a playoff team. And then Monterey Bay, you know. It, Everybody remembers like the nine games they lost in a row right before they got their their stadium last year. But then they turned into a great club. They went into they went into Louisville. They were twenty four to one in that game. That's how poorly the market thought of them. They won outright, and then they end up having a great second half of the season. They lost a couple key matches, which is what kept them out of the out of the playoffs. And then they retained a lot of their players and added a couple good ones. Right, Dixon, um, you know, probably the most notable. Uh, you know, Dixon was my favorite hound too. I was, I, I was disappointed that he left Pittsburgh. I was pleased that he joined uh, a club that I enjoy watching in, in Monterey. Um, and so the 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 state of of betting lower league soccer, it's still in a good place. It's it's you know the the lines are a little bit sharper, but they're not perfect. There's plenty of you know. Last year, I never went a week without having anything to play. Um, and even when they don't come out on a release reputation stuff like that lines can move into a playable states uh and it's just it's just, it's an inefficient market and if you, you're just paying attention as a neutral you know don't uh make sure you um you know make sure you bet uh you know responsibly you can you can do a, a decent job here and the other the last thing i'll say about the states there is there's no other league and you and i were laughing about this uh uh earlier there's no other league where you are going to have the Twitter accounts of a club tweet an hour before kickoff that the team's just not going to do do well, right? That they're just not going to be at their best, and tip tip off the fact that they're not playing at 100. percent And and the Colorado the Colorado uh, uh, Springs uh, um, sorry the Colorado Springs Switchbacks did that. They're just called the Colorado Switchbacks, and then they're in Colorado Springs, or they're called the Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs Switchbacks is the full name. Okay, yeah. I, I always mess, I always, always mess that up if the Springs is in the official name or not. But they tweeted out ahead of their their game into San Diego, where San Diego was already probably gonna. I'm like, I already had a bet on San Diego uh, going into that match, and then they tweet this out. I mean, Dan, I couldn't get, I couldn't, I could not get enough money down on San Diego. Uh, going, I mean, it, 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 that's this is like one of the only. Uh, because they're just underneath this accountability line, right? Like MLS, NWSL, you know, college sports, stuff like that. You're not gonna, you're not gonna really gonna see this, but there's, there's, there's just enough sort of um, freedom in the way that the clubs and staff oper- op- operate that you know they could, uh, they could get away with that. Now, look, if I was the communications director <laughs> there, I'd be like, uh, let's 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 relax on telling the world that we're not gonna do so well tonight, but. You know, um, not just not account. just tell the world you're not going to play well. Apologizing before the yeah, lineup has come right. out. 
It was like it was an official. It was like an official apology, wasn't it? Yes, it was an apology for for we're going to put out a, a shit lineup. That was, and that's what I liked about because sometimes you'll see a little bit of, line, of movement after the, the the lineups come out, but since this came out before the lineups, it was like it was like it was just a free for all. I mean, and the line never moved that much I, even after it came out, and people started bending into it. The line still didn't it, move, at least that I noticed. It bit. It barely moved, and here's the thing: is there's one. I don't think the sports books are paying attention, right? They're not. They're not seeing that and thinking, "Oh, we need to move our lines." And two, I don't know if enough serious betters are paying attention to it that much, where they would be able to see the tweet and then move on it, right? Like, I mean, I, I did, but like, I'm not. I, I, I bet a decent amount, but I don't bet enough to, you know, I'm not. I'm not moving lines. I'm not, well, I wasn't moving lines last year. Uh, this year, apparently, I moved lines. Uh, I've already already moved some of the futures markets, but um, yeah, that's that's the state. It's it's in a it's in a good place. If um, if you're Look, and here's here's what I love about it. You know, whether you're into sports betting or not, sports betting is beneficial to the league, right? Because when when you know last year when uh, you know when Hartford is playing, I don't know Tulsa or something. No, no offense to Hartford or Tulsa, but like no, you can offend you know, them. That's fine. The, I mean those. I mean, the only people watching that match are fans of Hartford and Tulsa. You know who else is watching that match? Betters. People who have action on that game, right? We're all going to watch the Louisvilles and the Tampas in, in, in our home side, stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, Rio Grande Valley going into, I don't know, I was going to say Sacramento, but that would actually be kind of a good game. I don't know what, what scenario I'm trying to bring up here, but I think you get my point. Like, the betters are the ones watching these streams when it's a game that isn't uh, as you know isn't popular, and it's just the just the uh, the supporters watching, and that's good. That's good for the league, right? I know, and I I know people worry that betting can can influence the league negatively, or, or uh, it's not the case, right? And um, I believe the U.S. the USL so far has showed us that they have all the integrity in the world on this, right? There's been no um, you know FIFA has has leagues elsewhere in the world that have had this problem. So far, we've seen uh, no indicators of that in USL, and, and I expect that to continue. So if that's the state of the league now, what, what do you think you learned in the past year in terms of, of how this league operates, where, where the good data comes from, what, you know, what's, the, what's the signal, what's the noise, what's quality, what's not? Uh, you know, how did you grow as a USL better in the past year that, you know, had I known this, at this time last year, I would have done maybe just a little bit better. Had I had I known that, had I known I was going to have such a um, a stark difference between the first half and second half, I would have bet appropriately, right? I would have increased my first half of the season wagers and probably scaled back a little bit in the second half of the season. I. I would have paid a little bit more attention to uh, look. I mean, Colorado delivered it on a platter, right? But like, if you really paid attention, the other the other really lucrative spot was when New Mexico and Phoenix had to had to like suspend a game, and then they ended up playing it like three days later. But like, Phoenix couldn't field their starting team. Hey, so they they, had a bunch the of academy kids were in there. Yeah, I, I mean, again, a, another game where you just could not get enough down on the other side, yeah. right? And if you're, you know, I have, I have bet those bet those situations when they're obvious, and at the end of the year, kind of thinking about it, it's like, you know what? I bet there's other situations like that, whether it's through following the clubs on social media or following even just the players, that I bet there's some nuances to the way they're behaving that might tip off the strength or the focus of the team. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get as much on that that Phoenix thing as I I would have liked. I think I was, I, just, I got busy that, that like on that day or something like that, and I I caught to it late, and it was, it was a damn shame. As opposed to the Colorado Springs, which I was fortunate enough to kind of be on Twitter at that time and just jumped as fast as I could with both feet. Uh So we're in the first part of the year, or the you know we're coming up this this Saturday is going to be the start of the new season. Cannot wait. What 
Getting what are you are you using as relevant data points for like the first month, six weeks of the year? Because yeah. we're assuming if it's anything like we talk about futures based on, on what the teams did last year, and as you've mentioned before, the, the lines were a bit softer earlier in the season. So if you expect it to be similar this year, what are you using or what do you think are the more relevant data points that you or a better could be using in the first month that the that the line makers would not be using. Yeah, so, you know, um, uh, what's a good example here? I'm going to just scroll through the futures odds here. Um, I mean, look, it's it's a Hounsey podcast. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna use Hounsey here as a as an example. Uh, look, the the River Hounds are currently fifteen to one uh, in the futures market, and no offense to the Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I would not be there. taking that line right now. I would. You would have to get me closer to probably forty to one before I start considering uh, Pittsburgh, and that's just simply because they didn't. They, Pittsburgh lost some key players, um, and you know, in the off season, I think. Um, look, I'm not. I'm not going to fade Bob Lilly too too quickly. You know, like he uh, he knows how to put uh, talents on the field and and win games. But um, I'm bringing them up because, you know. That shows that the market believes that they're competitive this year in the same way they were last year, which I think we all can agree we don't anticipate at least in the first month or two, right? And they're going to be they're playing uh, Birmingham, right? They're playing in Birmingham or in Pittsburgh? In Birmingham. They're playing in Birmingham. Birmingham's eighteen to one, so that already tells you that the market kind of sees that Birmingham almost being a step behind Pittsburgh, which I don't think is the case. You know, they got Nico back. Who knows if Nico's going to be the same Nico he was when he was with Birmingham the first time around? Am I the only one that thought he was kind of underwhelming in New Mexico? Like, I know he was. I know he was fine. He scored goals. He was a part of the key part of their offense. But for some, maybe it was just when I needed him to, to score goals so I could win a bet. He never did. But like, I feel like he did not have. I, I, I don't know. I feel like he was maybe like just, just slightly disappointing from from the hype that his move over there was. Now, Nico Brett falls into the, and we we have a, a decent collection of them here in Pittsburgh of guys who were with the Hounds, went elsewhere, probably got a nice bump in pay, and then didn't produce quite as well as they did in Pittsburgh. So he was here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Obviously, was massive in the uh, the playoff game against Birmingham. Uh, then goes to Birmingham for a couple years. Does the, not bad, but it's definitely probably a tick off. Then the bottom of, to a certain degree drops off in New Mexico, and now he's heading back to Birmingham. So I mean, uh, is he going to be the guy who was in Pittsburgh and then you know the first year and a half in Birmingham, or the the guy who's going to be like he was in New Mexico? That's a great question. Uh, one of the things, I mean, I really like the Birmingham offseason. I can't, I'm not really supposed to say that because I'm supposed to be shit-talking them for the next you know six days or whatever. Uh, but I like their offseason, but there's a lot of guys like that who've had stronger years elsewhere. And uh, sometimes I feel like Birmingham is overpaying on what that person did and not what they will do. So I – so – if the market is going to, is, if the market's going to make this this betting line uh, based off of what the the futures market looks like, they're probably going to have this maybe pick them with a, with like maybe minus one twenty five to Birmingham on the home side, right? Maybe maybe it's going to be a little little bit heavier than that, which I will take Birmingham very quickly uh, if that line were to, were, were to pop up. Um, you know, looking at the other matches of uh, on Saturday, I'm so excited for for all of this. Um, you know, in the eleven, Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay is probably clearly going to be the favorite there, um, but they're probably going to be like a goal and a half favorite, right? Which they probably should only be a goal favorite, right? With, uh, considering how uh, the the talent that Indy eleven has brought in, and so the, you know, and, and Tampa just lost their MVP. No, I did not see that. Stop it. You're messing with me. No. What? I've been taking care of a kid all day. How did I? When did this happen? This was yesterday. What happened? Just tell me. Leo Fernandez. Do you hurt? Is he injured? He's done for the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, well, here's the thing. 
that line's probably still going to be what I said it was. It's yep. probably going to open a goal and a half. And I will take Indianapolis in a heartbeat on the goal and a half. Now, look, Cal Jennings is probably Cal Jennings may be Golden Boot winner right at the uh, at the end of this year. If uh, now that Leo Fernandez especially is um, uh, is hurt, he should be getting a, a few more looks. Cal Jennings, though, as like as much as I'm excited to see him playing in Tampa, I feel like in Las Vegas he was like so close to being great and was just kind of on the better on like the on the lower side of good. If that makes sense. Like there were so many balls that came in into the into the into the box that he was like a foot away from or had a and, like they just like would always like deflect somewhere other than the back of the net. <laughs> I was like, you would like he could have been the gold boot winner if uh, if if he even got like you know a third of the balls that came in and, and like win his area. I mean that's probably true for a number of players. I feel like I saw that so often. I wonder if you, uh, with instead, of, instead of the golden boot winner, we just have like the XG golden boot winner. <laughs> Which is really like the backhand um, yeah. compliment if you win that and not also win the Golden Boot, right? Yeah. Uh, the, so I don't even remember the original question. I think it's like going into uh, oh what yeah so yeah what 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 data do you like that, early in the like season like? that that the that the books are probably not looking at, such as a so, Leo Fernandez injury. Yeah. So I mean, I'm using. Uh, and data that I use in general, uh, XG, XG differential, right? So XG being expected goals, how many goals is a, is a team expected to get? Differential being, um, you know, so expected goals against is also uh, is also a metric, and so you know, it's your, you know, for and against, you get the difference. Uh, I I looked at minutes retained, right? So John at USL Tactics is a fan. I mean, look. I would not be as confident in betting in the first month, two months this season if it wasn't for the fantastic coverage that USL Tactics has done on the offseason. Uh, minutes retained is important, I think, for uh, for uh, considering the first few matches. Uh, I think the offseason performance on who they, you know, did problems get fixed, did gaps get filled. I mean, like, even if you look at Las Vegas, I mean, like, what, they filled their entire team um, in the offseason, right? They, like, isn't every, like, weren't they, like, wasn't they a blank slate? And yeah, they're, they're bringing I think, in everybody. To the best like, of my knowledge, they're a complete turnover. I mean, like, I mean, I, I'm probably not even going to bet that game at all, right? I mean, I'm probably just going to leave that completely on the table because who knows uh, what you're going to get out of that game. And so last year's, you know, looking at their XG, XG differential from last year, what they've done in the offseason, both acquisitions and players uh, are in, in minutes retained. Um, and then, you know, I have these teams profiled and, uh, you know, um, you know, Monterey Bay to me is, uh, you know, is a bit of an under team. They play good defense. I feel the same way. I ha- you know, I've had Pittsburgh and Bur- like Bur- Pittsburgh and Birmingham are going to uh, open at. Uh, they're probably going to open at two and a half or two point seven five on that total, and I would be inclined to take the under. Um, you know, and and so those data points off-season record, and then my own profiling of the teams is sort of where I begin in the first month of betting. But I, I remember, I don't know I, I don't know how I remember this. I was in the Pentagon. Uh, it, a year ago, I was work, I had a job in the, in the Pentagon. And I remember, I remember thinking, oh, the lines are going to come out today. I was so excited, right? I probably have, like, important work I need to be doing. I'm just sitting there, and, and like, boom, like, like, like 8.30 came about. And I was, like, I was going out to my phone because I was in a space I couldn't have my phone. I was going out to my phone every 10 minutes to refresh the book to see if the line. And I remember seeing the lines pop up. And they had Atlanta, Louisville, and the total was four. And I was like, where did that number come from? Under, 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 under. Like, and I, I cannot wait for, and there was a couple other lines that were, that were like that. I was like, where did this line come from? I cannot wait for Saturday's lines to open up and just to see those couple of them that are just so off the mark that I laugh as I'm betting uh, uncontrollably. I mean, controllably, look, I, I bet but you get money. Yeah. So do you think do you think totals are softer than than sides early on in the year, or, or just um, is what it is? I have done better in predicting where totals are going to be and what my opinion is more so than sides. 
Um, that probably won't be the case so earlier in the year. A four is just is so big, right? Like you need five goals to lose that to to lose that bet, right? And not that you can't score five goals, but I would never expect any. Like like I'm trying to think of maybe last year if it was like Colorado Springs and uh, uh give me a team who who was good but didn't really stop anybody either. Um, trying to. Like, uh, I feel like El Paso uh, shipped a ton of goals last year. Yeah, El Paso would have been good. Las Vegas would have been good, right? A team that could score and be scored on, right? Oh, yeah, like, Vegas like, was good for yeah, bo- action on both sides. Yeah. Good for like the neutrals. Four, I mean, that what, you know, 4-1 to Louisville-Atlanta, I guess, is like how that would how that would uh, you know lose. Anyways, I'd, I'd, I'd bet that over and over. Um so totals, I'm, I won't be so aggressive on them in the first month because I need to see how these teams, you know, because around match day seven, six or seven, you start picking up on who the under teams are and who the over teams are, right? This goes for every sport, right? You've kind of picked up on who's good for goals, who's good for uh, who's good for stopping goals. And there's a lot of sneaky teams like this too, right? New York Red Bulls sucked last year. They were they played good defense at home every game last year. And I like I, I would almost if they were anywhere above two and a half, I played the under New York at home because they played decent. You know, they still struggled to score, but they were playing good defense at home. Um, and so uh, that I mean, unfortunately, uh, we've lost teams to MLS next pro. I hope that I don't know. I, don't know, I, I feel weird about that. Like, I, I want them to kind of fail just to, just to kind of like, ha ha, like to do that. Yep. But. Uh, yeah, but I, I also, eh, it's, I keep on thinking if I should consider paying attention and handicapping it, but that's one league too many, so I'll let them play with their, their ball over there and I'll stick to the USL. How much did you find decent lines? I mean, just in, in anything you looked at for the, for next pro last year? I remember seeing a line here and there, but just, I just, it was out I of my it. purview, so. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Uh, two years ago, I lo- uh, two years ago, Tacoma Defiance was uh, a wonderful team to bet on at home uh, when they were in the USL. And I remember last year, this is so silly. I remember last year I was going through my book. I went to go look for USL lines, and I saw a line pop up with the Tacoma Defiance, and I was like, "Oh, that's right. I used to bet on them." And you know, they were in next pro. But I, I, I just can't. Um, I don't know if I have metrics on that. I imagine there's got to be like Amer- like American Soccer Analysis probably has some Next Pro. If you go like on the uh, Next Pro website for any of their stats or stuff, it's to to be polite, it's horseshit. It's so yeah. bad. You know, you got to re- you really got to be careful with this this expected goal stuff too. Um, you know, like Major League Soccer. You would think that that is a league big enough to where data is being measured pretty consistently. And unfortunately, it's not the case. Um, you know, looking at footystats.org, which is my primary site, and then americansocceranalysis.com, which is a secondary site. I use I used the latter a little bit more for NWSL. But, you know, this you look at the XG and actually, like, it's different. Right. It's, it's not the same. It's 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 you know, the thing about expected goals is it depends on you know it's in the eyes of the per or I guess it's in the, it's in the numbers of the person who creates the formula on what an expected goal is. Right. I mean, we I think like at a penalty, I think it's what is it? Point seven three or something like that. Expected goals is what a is what a, is what a penalty oh, I, is. I, I, think I thought it was always like point seven nine. Not that's a huge difference. But, yeah, that's the number I always you may for. you may be right. It may be 0.79. It may be closer to that. But here, I mean, it's a good, it's a good example of like, I mean, I guess you could, uh, you know, uh, maybe I have seen 0.73 somewhere, and I'm and I'm confusing that. Um, but you know, an expected goal, you know, uh, it's it's kind of an imperfect science, right? So it's an imp- it's a it's definitely, uh, you know, shot percentage in, in basketball is a perfect is a perfect stat, right? Because like, did it go in? No. Okay, that's a miss. Did it go in? Yes. Okay, that's a make. Right? You can get the, you can get a percentage pretty accurately. Um, expected goals and um, anything that anything that that is trying to predict what could happen or trying to evaluate what should have happened is going to be imperfect. And so uh, I can't tell you where the best data is, but I do you know. Go go with what's easy for you to understand, and 
you know, be honest with yourself. If something, you know, if you're using it to bet, uh, is this is this serving me in a way that I feel like is accurate? If not, maybe I need to find a, another place that's offering this data. Nice. Yeah. Is it, any of this good? What was that? <laughs> is any of this good? I yeah. feel like I'm just rambling something. No, I, it's good for me. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know if you how much you listen to Hounsy, but it, 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 we gave up on trying to, you know, tailor to an audience a while ago. We just do our thing and, and see where the chips fall. People seem I like to like counting. it. If not, whatever. I I hope you I hope you take this the right way when I say it's a really good background podcast for me. That's a hey. Just yeah. keep those clicks up, baby. There's a there's a handful of podcasts where like I want to be in a situation where I can like pay attention to what's you know like really pay attention to every word you know yeah um, and then you know any of your podcasts that are good for you know when you're vacuuming or when I'm at a slot machine oh man if I'm at a slot machine I pop I pop in my earbud and like Houndsy's a really good uh, podcast for that where I can just sit there and smash the slot machine. Can we put that? Can we get that quote for the uh, for the front of the, of the book? <laughs> Great for when you're just just pounding away at a slot machine. <laughs> Tim Lawson. I'll take it. No, it's um you know, we uh it's somewhat entertaining. I'm not it's not necessarily good or highly informative, but keeps us out of trouble one night a week. Um Yeah, good. Last year you, you found yourself getting limited at a couple places. Um, yeah, that yeah. And it's, so that's something that's, that's to the best of my knowledge was new to you this year. And then for anyone, anyone listening, uh, uh, not as background and is hearing the words here, uh, limited just meaning, uh, when, when the certain books thinks that a player, uh, has some sort of advantage or, or, uh, is kind of beating their lines to a certain degree, even if it's real or perceived, uh, they'll start cutting back on, on the amounts that, uh, uh, amount of action they'll take on, on any particular wager from that, from that person. So Tim, you, you experienced a little bit of being limited. How are you, uh, how's, how was that experience? And then how are you kind of working around it now? Uh, fortunately I have enough outs and outs meaning I have enough sports books that I can access and enough accounts that I can access that I can get the amount of money that I desire to get down on a game. I can get that down. Um, DraftKings was the first to limit me. Uh, and it was pretty, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I was making different kind of bets in soccer and stuff like that, but it was definitely the lower league soccer that I think got me profiled. Um, at, and, um, uh, you know, I, you know, the first time it happens, it's flattering, you know, like, Oh, okay. You think, you think I'm that good. And the second time and everything, every time it's, it's just annoying, you know, like, and here's the thing. There's no warning. It's, um, there's, there's no warning. There is no email saying, Hey, like we're not taking any more of your serious action. There's no more, you know, you've been limited to X amount of dollars on a certain bet. You just wake up, Dan, there was, BetMGM did me, like, like I, I was getting down really good money at BetMGM, and I thought that, that I thought I was good. Um, that, and then one day I wake up, I, my account, uh, you know, I, I had recently withdrawn from the account, it needed funding, and so I, I, I put a bunch of money into it, just a, just for my first bet to get limited to twenty two dollars, and I was like, this. I mean, I was like, I was just annoyed because here's the thing, you can't just put in money and then ask to take it back out without that, without it like raising a flag with them. And so, I was like, now I have to go through this like twenty two dollars at the time to like kind of get to put to put some of this money in action, so it didn't look like I'm like money laundering right of putting money in and then uh, trying to take it right back out again. Um, how am I handling it? Well, uh, I have there's some books. Uh, I've, I've I have several outs. Uh, I can I can get the money down. Caesars has been very good. Um, I made some. I made, uh, you know, I made some decent side wager size wagers on the futures markets. And when I hit submit, I saw your bet is under review, and I was like, no, Caesars, don't do this to me. And then it got accepted. 
And then I did it again, and the same thing happened. It bets under review, and if, and 20 seconds later, it gets accepted. And so, um, look, that that's fine. Yeah, I mean, look, they should definitely be managing their risk, right? I mean, that's their, that's their part of their, that's their side of the business, and they. Uh, I have no problem with a, a sports book managing risk. I have no problem with being limited. I just wish I would just like know before I just like walk go into the accounts and find out that I um, that I can't get more down in seventy six cents on a on a futures market for uh, for the champ- EFL championship. That happened. That happened. I tried betting. Um, did, you, did you say twenty two cents? Seventy six cents. Oh, seventy six cents. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm the, I, I I was I. I thought you were being offended by twenty-two cents. I was seventy-six cents. That's fine. Yeah, dude. I tried betting, and look, it's it's fine. I didn't get the bet down because uh, I'm, but like, there was a time this year where I thought Josh Sargent was undervalued in the top goal scorer market in the EFL Championship, and I think he was around like fifty to one, something like that. And I went to go place a bet, and they limited me to seventy-six cents, and I was like, never mind. I guess I'm not placing that bet. Did you at least take that screenshot? It's got. It's probably somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, so I have he, so many. Yes, you I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't need to take a screenshot because anytime I want to show someone, I can just pull up any futures markets in any like middle to to lower league soccer game, a uh, soccer uh, league, and it'll it's the same result every time. So. Wonderful. Yeah. The futures leagues, futures, uh, soccer, anything else? Just a, a general thought. What? How much do you value? having that money locked up for a while when it comes to making mm. those those actions do you just is that just the the price of doing business in in those markets or do, do you take that into consideration i recently made a large wager on a team to win their league around plus 120 and as soon as i hit submit i was like why did i make that bet like yeah i, I like it i like it it's probably a good but like do I really? I mean, it, it, it's not going to result. It's not going to grade until May. Do I really need to sweat this for that long? And then that—I mean—the ROI on this for how long that money is locked up is not worth it. Um, however, placing, placing, having money locked up on on longer odds that are then going to bring me equity. So what? So. What's interesting about soccer and what's interesting about American soccer versus the rest of the world, right? Futures odds in the rest of the world is who just gets top of the table at the end of the year, right? Like when you're betting when you're betting Arsenal to win English Premier League, you're betting that they're going to just beat out everybody at the end. But when I'm taking Charleston in a hundred to one, I'm not saying they're going to beat everybody at the end. I'm saying I'm hoping that they just get into the playoffs. And then I have equity in the playoffs, and then I can figure out based on their routes to there what I want to do with that that position that I'm in. That's one. That's one of the things that makes American sports kind of uh, kind of fun in the futures markets, right? Is like your your hope and a prayer on a, on a long shot can really be can really have life if they can just sneak into the postseason. Uh, and so it's. Uh, Having that money locked up is not fun. Um, in I, I look, I had Lil at sixty-six to one the year that they won league in, and what was it? Uh, three years ago, four years ago, um, that was worth it. <laughs> that was that was worth having my money locked up. Uh, what was the, uh, what was the uh, price on that? Sixty-six to one. Yeah, I that's got not them. bad. Yeah. Uh, I had Hole at I think five to one when they won League One in the EFL. I suppose that was worth it. I had a pretty large position on that, so uh, you know it was. But like, it's it, it it's interesting. I, I I struggle with this because I don't like not taking what I think is a good bet, right? I don't like not taking. Like I have the Phoenix Suns to win their division at like three to one. Now whether or not we think it's whether or not it's going to get there. Who knows? But you're not going to find three to one anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. Um, I got it right before the Kevin Durant news. It was right after Stephen Curry got hurt and Devin Booker was on his way back. I was like, I'll go ahead and take three to one. And then Kevin Durant's like, I'll also join Phoenix. And then it it, it was like uh, minus one twenty after that. But um, you, you said some yeah, words have, there. You said some what I think were names. This this is a Pittsburgh market. The NBA just doesn't just does not play there. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Maybe some it's, people are listening. Uh, know know what that team is, but yes, sorry. Maybe yeah. 
Uh, I, I was trying to give a, an example with another sport, and I clearly chose the wrong sport for the wrong market. Uh, but yeah, it's I struggle with it because I, I, I like making good bets, but you know, with the amount of volume that I put in into soccer betting, I should probably just focus on the day to day, week to week stuff and not put so much um, money in futures markets. Other than you know some of these you know good numbers that could have equity going into a postseason. But then, would you have uh, would you have regrets if you said I like that number then and all of a sudden? You know, it shakes out a certain way, and you're gonna be thinking, "What if?" You do a lot of what what if on that when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So here's a good question. So here's a good example that's in soccer, right? Manchester City and Arsenal, right? They've been flip flopping on who's favored and who's at plus money for the better part of like five months now, right? Um, first Arsenal or first Man City was like minus 200 and Arsenal was plus 300, right? Or something like that. And then it got closer to even money and then it flipped and then they're back to Man City being, um, and like the whole time I'm thinking like, Oh, like I, like, you know, when Arsenal was, I think two and a half to one, uh, before becoming, before having their surge and getting, becoming favorites, I thought about betting it, but here's the thing in, I guess if like Arsenal wins EPL, I guess I'll kind of be like, oh, I could have an action on that. I also like at two to one, two and a half to one, like I'm probably getting that same ROI betting them in key situations in the last month of football, right? Like in the last month of the English Premier League, if they are in fact going to be competing with that, I can probably get that same ROI betting them in proper proper spots like that and that's probably a better application of my bankroll so uh yeah i mean if i you know for you know not making a bet and seeing that it would have won always uh is always disappointing but you know at five to one or, or lower it really has to be something that uh you know and and I don't, I'm not going to get the nuances of different accounts and stuff like that, but it, it's also a big difference if you're putting up cash or if you're on credit. <laughs> Fair that's, enough. That's a, whole other, that's a whole other podcast, yeah. Yeah. It's good to have those out there, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, we've, we've discussed the Colorado Springs um, uh, gift uh, extensively so far tonight. If that situation happened again this year... And you, let's. I can't remember exactly how much time, how much time, but I want to say it was like two and a half to three hours before kickoff. This came out. If this happened again this year, do you think the books would 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 miss it again, or do you think there's enough uh, interest in the league now that it it might get actually be caught and and the lines adjusted? Not necessarily immediately, but like before kickoff, like at some point the line would move. Look, rising tide uh, raises all ships, right? So soccer becoming more popular and USL, therefore, also becoming more popular. That also means the NWSL, the MLS, um, there's a handful of other summer leagues. With the uh, Nordic, the Nordic leagues are summer leagues too, right? Um, and then you have, uh, I guess, the XFL will be done by then, I suppose. But like... Hockey and NBA go into June, and then, you know, football starts sort of becoming a focus on things around August. You're talking about, like, a two-and-a-half to three-month period between the end of the postseason of the NBA and NHL to football and, like, football of all leagues, you know, American football sort of getting into people's attention again. And in the middle of that, I guess you have – Maybe that's when maybe a little bit more focus can be put on the sort of this, some of these other leagues that people are degenerates are betting because they don't have anything else to bet on. I mean, outside of that, outside of that little that little window that in like midsummer, no, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that they're. I think that these are these are leagues that they they put their they put their best guess out there, and like I said, that best guess is getting sharper. But the news, right? Like, um, if like we said. Leo Fernandez, I guarantee you that injury is not going to be built uh, baked into the line on 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 Saturday. It's not going to. It will be when betters take Indy plus one and a half. I'm, I don't know if that's what's going to be. That's just sort of what my guess is. Um, but look, maybe they hang a one. 
and um, you know, I'm probably not taking it at one. And if you know, that'll be a big indicator. That's I'm actually glad you brought this up. That'll actually be a big indicator on how much they're at, they're really paying attention. If um, <laughs> me and me and me and my partners, and then ultimately my audience, uh, bet Indy 11 down from 50 to one to 30 to one. So Indy 11, I guess the market's getting more respect anyways. That also may have an impact on how on how well Indy's uh, price this weekend. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what will happen if we get another situation with where just a team admits they're not going to be good. But I'll tell you. Do you think we'll ever be lucky enough for that to happen again? <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, like if like I said, if I was the communications director at that club, I probably. Went, I mean, I'm not going to punish whoever did that. Because clearly, it was it looked like an official apology. But I'd be like, we're not doing this. We're not. We're not apologizing for you know we're showing as much motivation and commitment to the game uh even though we have reserves uh reserve team out there i mean this is the same uh, club that also uh, apologized on behalf of the apologized on behalf of the league for the referee being shit that one game that's right so they're they're not they're not at all um (laughs) you know unwilling to go there something i might do tomorrow dan i might uh I might call. Um, <laughs> I might call the Colorado switch, the spring switchbacks uh, office tomorrow, and just say, hey, has there been any turnover in your communications uh, department? <laughs> who's running? Who's running the Twitter? I just need to know if it's the same person. Because if so, I'm gonna put push notifications on my phone for any time your account tweets something. Damn right. Yeah, but yeah. Is it, like, I, I, I don't. You know, the, another big, another big question though, right? COVID hopefully will not impact this season the way that it did two years ago, and even last last year saw uh, a couple, couple um, you know, players players going down and the games had to be suspended. Hopefully, we don't see that again. But it will be interesting to see how the league handles uh, games being postponed again, because like I said, New Mexico. Phoenix. I mean, completely unfair. I mean, it compl- the, the way they managed that, they essentially gave three pa- three points to New Mexico, and I I I don't know if they're going to be able to do that any better this year, right? There's still there's still a league with with that type of league resources, right? And um, even though soccer is getting more popular, which means more talents coming into the leagues at every level, not just on the on the pitch, but in the clubs and in the headquarters, but it's still, you know, second tier. Uh, you know, second tier. It's still American soccer. It's still a place where people go to build their careers. Um, you know, who knows if the decision making is uh, is better this year when it comes to that stuff. And look, I, I hope it's not because it creates really unique betting opportunities. But um, as a fan, I hope it gets better because we all want good competition, right? Yeah, and a thing that I mean, it just finally became official a couple days ago that. MLS, or sorry, USL is sticking on ESPN for another year. Sounds like you know just a one-year deal. But now that they're the only domestic league that ESPN has, I'm curious yeah. if if all of a sudden ESPN might show a little more attention. A couple they've announced nine games for for national broadcast with more to follow. I'm I'm curious if maybe having a little more attention on that league from ESPN, just because it's the only property they have and ESPN loves uh, hyping things they have the rights to show could that put some more eyeballs on the league and, and thus maybe um, put a little more uh, bookie action or bookie attention on uh, on some of the games especially once the summer like those kind of dog days of summer rolls in it's a good question uh, I don't I don't know if I know the answer if, I, don't, I don't know if I have an answer to yeah that. I'm not sure if I want an I'd answer be, it's just it's kind of been floating in my mind for a while so I'd be I'd be curious if I'd be curious that if you went to uh, whoever is responsible for treating soccer at a sports book, and you know, you you go to, you go to a sports book and you know start listing half the roster in, in the NFL, they probably recognize most of those names, right? Especially and, and, and names that would impact a line, right? Maybe not maybe not half the roster, but like any name where like the, that person being injured would get people's attention. And possibly impact the way that people bet. They're going to recognize those names. 
I'm really curious that if you went to a soccer trader at any sports book uh, where they're where they're originating their lines, um, there's probably only a couple a couple of originators on on USL stuff, um, which is why they come out sort of like this is sort of why they trickle out right because they're waiting for the originator to post and then they're sort of replicating. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'd be curious if you went to where they're originating and you're like, you know, who's, do you know who Sam Gleadle is? No, of course not. Right? They're not going to know who Sam Gleadle is. You know, you know who uh, Alex Dixon is? No, right? But if those two players were injured, I know how that would impact them on that Monterey. I know how it should impact the Monterey Bay line, right? Um, you know, if uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, like maybe, maybe Cameron Lancaster, maybe Dane Kelly. Um, Maybe some of these players that got some MLS looks, right? Maybe like a Danny Trejo who got some LAFC uh, minutes, you know. But like, there can't be many players that you and I know should impact the way the line is impacted. That they know that those, you know, uh, and you could, that probably that probably is even the case for MLS, right? I mean, like, you know, I you know, we probably even go one tier higher in American soccer. And I don't know if originators are are uh, are familiar with as many names that are are in, that could impact a line as, as as you would think they would be. Probably not, because so, I think once you get past the 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 designated designated players, I think the knowledge would probably drop off fairly quickly. Yeah, and this is why. Look, this is why people who are into college basketball are really good at betting college basketball, right? Because if you know. How I don't know the the top guy off the bench is uh, for whatever you know for Monmouth State or whatever Monmouth or whatever it is, and uh, and that player's hurt. You know how that impacts the line. I mean, you're going to know that far better than, than than most people do. Same thing with the USL. Um, you know, when Tyler Freeman uh, missed the Loudon game last ma- last time, I knew that was Loudon's firepower, and and you know the the line didn't know how to appropriately respond to that but i knew what my thoughts were um you know i don't i don't have every player modeled right i'm not I'm, you know usl tactics probably does but um i don't have every player modeled but i know the implications of uh i think i think yeah this isn't directly answering your question but talking of talking about player impact the line paying paying attention just merely paying attention to the league i remember among um, last year for San Diego was coming off the bench in a number of games. And, like, if, if San Diego was down at the half and then he came in after the half, I mean, San Diego was a play every time because you knew that you had fresh legs on a, on a player that could create a lot of chances. And, like, the, I mean, uh, live lines already are, are inefficient um, in most uh, in most markets and most, most leagues. And then now, you know, as a, as a neutral, as a fan, as a, uh, as a better – you have insights and, and knowledge on how these players are going to impact their squad uh, with their abilities when they come in. You can you can find a lot of and like and the betters, the betters are always going to be ahead of the the market uh, at this level on that stuff. Beautiful. So let's let's say someone's listening. Uh, you know, sports betting is now legal here in Pennsylvania, as it's been for you know two or three years, or however it's been now, or maybe they're listening in a, in a different state, or for whatever reason, they, they five years. How they, about that? It's been five years, twenty eighteen. Are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, yeah, Pennsylvania was one of the was a, a first year state. It, um, it was. I just and, can't believe it's been five years already. Wow. Yep. So let's just say uh, someone is now just getting into it, um, and they they want to be. Uh, to, to steal your phrase, pro rec, um, what would be the handful of things you would, you know, tell someone in, in a handful of minutes uh, that would just put them one or two steps above uh, the guy just recreationally throwing down money at it? Just give them the best chance to, to maybe lose less. Okay. Um, the best way to lose less is to always get the best price, right? The best price for, for your bet. Um, if um, I'm not going to get into all of uh, the, the, the fundamentals on, on betting, but if someone's trying to be a better better, they're probably uh, familiar with them already. If most books have, uh, you know, um, team A minus 120 to, to win uh, over team B, and then also you find them at minus 105 somewhere, uh, I mean that's a that's a few percentage points on implied probability, right? 
And by taking that better number on the minus 105, you've now reduced the amount of times you need to win that bet to be a break-even better, right? So if you're getting even money every time, your break-even percentage is 50%. You just need to win 50% of the time to be a break-even better. If you win a percent more than that, you're profitable better. And so the more the 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 more you shop lines, the the the, the more you're going to reduce your break-even percentage, which is going to, at the very least, as you put it, lose less. The um the second thing, you bet numbers, you don't bet teams. Look. Just like everybody else, I have placed money on a team because I want to root for them, and then I want my rooting interest to also be profitable uh, should, it, should, should that come uh, to fruition. But that is for a purely recreational thing, and that's only for entertainment. If you are trying to be a, uh, if trying to lose less or, or become a, a more profitable better, uh, you bet on numbers, not team. That's to say that there is... Uh, there is there's always a number for both sides right like if a favorite is uh if i think a favorite should be uh a heavier favorite than they are then of course i'm like oh i'll I'll take the favorite but if that favorite gets bet all the way out to a really long number well i I might actually take the other side then right i mean if i'm there's a good point right here's a great example this weekend uh tampa bay hosting in the in the 11 i expect i think the fair number on that should be a full goal uh, a one goal spread um if it's one and a half, I'll take Indianapolis. If it's minus a half a goal, I'll take Tampa Bay, right? Uh, and then at a full goal, I'm probably just going to sit back and watch the game uh, and, and do some evaluation, right? And, you know, in those three scenarios, there's there's a, a bet on one side, there's a bet on the other side, and there's a no bet, right? And sort of knowing what your spectrum, is, what the spectrum is for each team or each, not each team, for each uh, line uh, you know, informs how you uh, how you should be betting. But look, there's times where I'm like, oh, I want to bet this. I get in and it's moved. The line has moved and it's no longer bettable. But by kickoff, it's moved so far that I end up taking the other side that I intended on betting in the first place, anyways, because the number's right. Um, Orange County, five to one underdogs playing Tampa Bay. That was an automatic bet because I thought Orange County was going to win that game at least once out of every five times. I was fortunate enough that they won that one time that I made that bet. That that um, that night worked out pretty well for for a lot of people uh, that I was sitting around with that night as well. It was amazing. I mean, it was like, and I, here's the thing: I remember tweeting it, and someone was like, "Oh, Orange County doesn't have any strikers. You know what you're talking about." And then like Damon's is like, "F you. Here's three three goals." Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that was that was nice. And then the, the the last thing I'll say on on being a uh, better better uh, in the USL, I have a principal bet line. Uh, I think everybody should create their own. I'm betting this just on principal situation. Um, it's my belief that if an if any team is an underdog of fifteen to one or more, it's an automatic bet. Um, unless it's a, unless it's a, like, it's the Phoenix, New Mexico dynamic where it's the reserve team playing, uh, um, you know, the, the, the starting 11 that I may step away from, but Monterey Bay going into Louisville last season, they were two, they, 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 they both had their starting lineups. It was two and Monterey Bay was a 24 to one underdog at some some spots. And I'm sorry, no team should be that big of a favorite against any team in the USL. Not because any team's not that much better than us. It's just if you played 20 games, I mean, just variance would tell you that that the underdog's going to win once or twice, right? Um and so that's uh that's my I have I have a principled bet. If I see 15 or 1, uh if I see uh 15 to 1 uh or more on a team, I will likely bet it just off principle. Nice. So the airport on that too is you're putting some some effort into this, obviously, but uh, what's changed from the last time we talked? You're now doing you're doing dad duty, so I am doing dad you duty. are doing yeah. dad duty now. So uh, how much how, how much time can you put into this a week? You know, because I think a lot of people kind of get get concerned or scared or or may frightened off that this sounds like like an extensive amount of, of legwork to put in this. But here you are, you you got the job. You're doing newborn. Uh, dad duty stuff so so i mean realistically heat of you know of the season what's your what's your uh output in terms of of minutes hours uh to make this work 
look, man, October 28, 2022, uh, my daughter was two days old and I was streaming San Antonio and Oakland on my phone while I was holding her in the hospital room. Um, the This part of my life is a built-in part of my life. My, my daughter doesn't need to know that I'm betting. My daughter doesn't need to learn about my betting. She's four months old. She doesn't know what any of this stuff is. She, that, that, that's a part of my life that I will, I will she can learn about it when she's much, much, much older. Um, but when she's sleeping on my chest, I have, I'm scroll, I'm reading USL tactics off season guide, right? Um, when, uh, when she's, you know, on the floor playing, you know, I got, I, I got a match in the background, right? Um, it's, you know, it's not going to be like it was last season where I have, three four matches going on at the same time on my four screens that i have down here and i'm like 100 percent invested in all of them and whatever but i mean I, I will have a match on um you know my wife has been very tolerant to you know like what i'm what i'm when we're closing down the nighttime i have an mls game on or something like that on my on my tablet while while things are getting um uh, closed down and my wife supports exposing our kids to, to, to sports and soccer she knows so much a lot of soccer so um you know, it can follow, you know, betting the USL is essentially following the USL, know, knowing it and knowing how to bet it, right? I know how to bet it because I'm a season better. But I, the reason why I know how to bet the USL specifically is because I follow it uh, and I just I try to keep up on it. And look, it was, a, it was a whole off-season thing, right? Every time USL Tactics put out a new piece, I read it. You know, I made sure I understood what his perspective and his evaluation was. Uh, on things and I've been creating my numbers. I already have my numbers for Saturday. I know what I know what my, my my numbers are and by my numbers I mean I know what I think each which each each line should open as and if it's different I'm gonna bet it uh, If it's different wildly, uh, I'm gonna bet it and then I'm gonna tell my betting partners so they can bet it um, But yeah, that's 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 how dad duty turns into uh, or it you know is juggled with uh, with with this stuff is, you know, following soccer is just a, this is part of who I am. Um, and, uh, it's, I'm fortunate enough to have a wife that, that, you know, supports it. doesn't get mad, but I have a soccer match on while I'm taking, you know, while I'm holding the kid and stuff. So, um, yeah. Nice. Okay. That's, yeah. that's a nice, that's a very, uh, family supportive answer you gave there. I like that. Uh, we're yeah. getting, getting close to, to when you actually have to uh, – part of dad duty is also being, being husband duty. So I know we're getting you close to your, your out time here. I might have to hold you to one question. Can you do that? Okay. Or two fast ones. I might, two, I might be able to do two yes, fast I, ones. Yes, I have two fast questions. Here we go. All right. So you've been talking USL a little bit on your, on your podcast, Better Life, and you have your Discord. How many people do you think are now watching USL because you've been talking about it? <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I don't know, uh, what number that might be, but I can tell you it's more than zero. It's more than zero. Yes. Um, I, you know, I have, I have people, I have people in my audience and I have friends who will bring up the USL out, you know, independent of me ever mentioning it, which means that they're paying attention to, to it now. Right. Which means that they, I have rubbed up, rubbed up on them. Um, People are always surprised to learn that I'm into this, right? They're like, oh, what? They're like, oh, you're into soccer? Who's your club, right? And I'm just like, oh, I mean, I like, you know, I guess I support Loudon. Loudon? You know, they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're the local club, and they're not great, but I, I guess I kind of support them, but I, I, I kind of watch it. And they're like, no, no, I mean, like, you know, like, like Chelsea, Arsenal, and I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, no, what are you talking about? I, I watch the Washington Spirits, and I watch, <laughs> I support, you know, um, and I like being an ambassador for the USL that way, even if it's through the betting lens. I mean, look, I, I love the USL as a league. Uh, I just also love betting it. Nice. You mentioned Loudon. Loudon, this man, my final question. May 28th, Hounds at Loudon. Before you said little chance you're going to be there, now that we're recording, give me a percentage. Chance I will see you at that match. Uh, let me let me double check to see. It all depends. Uh, so my my place of work Memorial Day is a big deal. So it's the day before it Memorial is the Sunday. Day. I'm gonna say there's a 25 percent chance. You know, what, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything actually happens on that sun, uh, Sunday at my place of work, um, which helps. I think I know there's Saturday stuff and there's definitely Monday stuff. I don't think there's anything happening on that Sunday. So so long as nothing happens that I then also need to be involved in, I will be there. 
nice. So hopefully we'll have just, uh, it sounds like we're, we're going to get a nice car pull down there. Uh, good chance I will see, uh, it's cause it's been a while cause you came down to, came down to a match in Pittsburgh last year and, um, uh, didn't see down loud last year, but maybe we can make it work on May 28th. Tim Lawson, uh, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's oh, fun. fun having that little chat. It's, uh, it's the good stuff, man. Uh, any final thoughts, any parting words before I, uh, I read my little, uh, my little spiel here we call it tonight? No, man. I mean, I'm excited. I, I, I'm giddy that on Friday morning, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be opening up every app and refreshing every two, 10 seconds until the, until the first book opens, uh, with USL lines. And then like, like once my bets are made, then I'm a fan, right? Like, like I'm, I'm a better once my bets are made and it kicks, then, then I'm a fan. And, uh, I love, I love this league. I love betting it. Uh, I'm excited. Okay. Last, last, this is my last question. What's that first app okay. that you have open ready to go? Um, for me, it's going to be Caesars just because I know I can get a, a good bet down there. Perfect. Beautiful. And they were fir- they were first to open uh, features odds, which means that they may be quick to open uh, uh, game odds too. We'll see. Sweet. Beautiful, Tim. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Madurek. Email the show at pghstillarmy at gmail.com. Put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Tim Lawson, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.